Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy poured beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View. I hope everyone's having a great week uh, in this week of Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a great moment to reflect. It's a great moment to reflect. In fact, tomorrow's show is going to be uh, sort of a montage of leaders talking about what Thanksgiving means to them. I'm looking forward to doing that show. Just terrific. And then we move into uh, Thursday and Friday. We actually have best of shows for Coast View. And then on Monday, we hit the ground running again. So no rest for the weary, that's for sure. So here we go. I want to, you know, for, for the for the, most of the time, we're just celebrating leadership and those kinds of things. But from time to time, as you know, especially if you're a regular listener, I'm going to get involved in issues uh, that, that are important to the coast. And so today, I want to, we're going to talk about the new Pops Ferry Road Bridge and the potential that it could be a toll bridge. So um, let me, uh, for, for people who don't know this, regular listeners know this, so just hang in there with me for a second. But you know I'm a, I'm a resident of the northern shore back bay of Biloxi. And, uh, and so, so, you know, the, the reality is, as it relates to the bridge, I'm not going to pretend to know everything there is to know about the new bridge. There's a lot to learn still. I paid attention. I've watched the uh, city council meeting that occurred last week, and I've uh, you know been deeply engaged in reading what I can read about it. And um, one thing I know for sure is a is a bridge needs to be replaced big time for emergencies. I had one with my granddaughter. Again, regular listeners know this, but I, I worried that, that if we had had some bridge issue, or maybe we were in the midst of uh, hurricane evacuation and the draw bridge was up for extended periods of time or stuck like it was recently as boats stacked up trying to get uh, out of harm's way. If, you, if the emergency uh, vehicles had to come from south of the bridge, it would have been a significant problem. And it probably has been for some families already. So that's a that's a very significant issue. And as I pointed out, this is a, it's a big deal as it relates to hurricane evacuation. Um, so today's going to be the first of many conversations we're going to have about this new proposed Pops Ferry Road Bridge. Okay, so let me get into a little bit more detail. Like I said, I live on the north shore of the bay. And uh, to be very clear... My house is not impacted by this bridge. In fact, it could be argued that if this new bridge is well lit, it's actually going to be more aesthetically pleasing than the current bridge we have. So I just want to get that out there. Um, And the other thing I'll say is that it's going to improve my life, my family's life, uh, because we do a lot of driving around and we go south on that bridge and come back home on that bridge daily. So it's a big deal, the current challenges that we're having with the bridge. I'm also a runner. And I and I bike and I and I spend a lot of time going south on on the bridge as well, and the current bike path or walking path, really not a bike path, is very narrow. So if you pass someone else, you have to stop and walk past them. And you know, for those of us who are on that bridge regularly in that way, you know that's a real issue. So the new bridge proposes to sort of resolve some of that, and you know, anything like that is going to be a really good thing. Um, so the other thing that I, the only other thing that I would say is that I would I would uh, hope and 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 I would assume that this is the case that uh, for those of us who are on the northern shore, 
who use the deep water access that we have going down the bridge currently, that we're not going to lose access to deep water while the bridge is under construction. I assume that's unlikely, but it's still something that's going to be really important to me. Okay. Um, Otherwise, as it relates to those things, there's not really an otherwise. I think you, you can see that I'm a major proponent of a new bridge. We need a new bridge. But if, you, if you're a follower of me on Facebook, which you see me already write, and I wrote this last week, that we have serious reserv I have serious reservations about the toll. Um, I think my, you know, it, it's possible my, my concerns could be overcome, but, but I have concerns about it. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to become a student of the bridge and learn as much as I can. But there's no avoiding the reality that I have immediate deep concerns about the toll. Uh, but I want to be clear. I haven't closed the door on it. I just want. I, there's a lot to learn. Um, so the city is investigating what is called a full funding and delivery approach. Now, what that essentially means is they'll hire a private company. In this particular case, United Bridge Partners to do a turnkey solution where they will finance the bridge and build the bridge. I'll tell you a little bit more about the numbers involved in that in just a second. And they'll use a, they'll use a toll to pay for it. Now, there's a lot of reasons why this could be a good approach. Uh, there are tremendous funding constraints currently. I mean, and I, I could detail those. We may get into some, some of those during the conversation, but, but, but just trust me, it's a major problem. And I'm gonna give you some statistics that I learned about here in just a second. Um, what, what United Bridge Partners, <clears throat> Uh, will do is they're going to build a bridge that we need and we want. That you know, there's there's little doubt about that. With the 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 drawbridge has to be replaced, and if we don't go the toll route, which again I'm not a big proponent of at this pump, pump moment, then it will take basically our lifetime to build a bridge, or maybe it won't get built in our lifetime. Um, will <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. Will uh, Biloxi residents want to replace the bridge? More than they oppose a toll approach, that remains to be seen. But essentially, the bridge will cost about $170 million. It'll take about four to five years to build. I've done a lot of research on this, and what I've discovered is that about 220, and there are different numbers on this, but I'm just going to pull this one particular number, 220,000 U.S. bridges need major work or should be replaced. That's <laughs> that's a big number. If you look at the White House's um, numbers, they said about 45,000 bridges are in poor condition. So that's, that's very consistent with that. And that source, the initial source, the American Road Transportation Builders Association. Forbes said that 45,000 uh, bridges are structurally deficient. And at the current rate, it would take about 40 years to fix them all. And that's just fix them. Uh, and it would cost about $41.8 billion. So about $110 billion is, uh, is, is uh, currently uh, uh, line-itemed in the current infrastructure bill to fix uh, major highways and bridges, and about $40 billion is, is, is uh, identified for bridges alone. So um, anyway, there's a lot to sort through. We're not going to do it all in this, in this meeting, but I want to welcome uh, Ryan Dolan, who I've invited to join me. He's the VP of Business Development for United Bridge Partnerships, and and we're gonna we're gonna start the the, the beginning of a long conversation about this, and uh, he's the one who presented before the City Council of Blacksea. But before we go any further, Ryan, let me just say good morning to you. How you doing? Good morning. I'm I'm doing well. Happy to be with you, and and thanks for having me on. Good, good. So you you heard what I said to start out with. 
Um, you, you guys did a focus group. We're going to come back to that in just a second. But, but you know, essentially, my belief that we've got to replace the bridge and also the fact that I have reservations, serious reservations about the toll is not inconsistent with what you expected, is it? No, and really, we we see the same dynamic um, on all of our projects. You know, everyone's initial reaction to a toll um, is, is typically pushback, right? People don't want to pay a toll on a route where there's not currently a toll. So, so not unexpected at all. Um, you know, and, and you you described some of the you know some of the funding challenges in in the country. And I would say particularly for for cities like Biloxi, that that challenge is exacerbated. So that's really you know why there's a need for what we have to offer. But yeah, in, in terms of reaction and and uh, you know initial feedback to the toll, not unexpected at all. So I've been I spent uh, the last um, uh, many years of my career working in digital media and doing some really bold, significantly bold uh, digital media news efforts, one in New Orleans that got worldwide attention. And so I've been involved in significant change efforts for the latter part of my career. And so I've been involved in a lot of focus groups. I've done lots of research to try to anticipate what reaction is going to be. And I guess you guys have done a lot of that as well. Along the way, I've seen some really big misses, some really big misses that uh, you know, we expect is one one re result, and we we got another in terms of reaction. Um, what I see, and this is just anecdotally at this point, because that's all you can do is look at anecdotally. Just so far, if you look at Facebook and doing change like this in the social media world, adds a whole another dynamic. You know that I know that I think everybody understands that. But the but the initial reaction specifically to the toll is pretty significant. Um, how do you guys, okay, how do you guys weigh this against what you learned in the focus groups and how do you, how do you bring some relevancy to the social media conversation and make sense of it? Yeah. So, so first thing I would say is, you know, we're, we're completely sensitive to, you know, the impact that, it, that a toll is going to have in this area. Um, this is a new concept. It's, it's a major change. Uh, so, so we're sensitive that, to that fact and we understand it's going to take time for people to to accept this, right? And so, you know, what what we try to do on all of our projects, and and we'll do the same here in Biloxi, is really uh, get out into the public, educate people um, why we've made this proposal. You know, do shows like this uh, with you to to explain and and get the word out. Um, we'll also be doing town halls and things of that nature. But really, it's it's really important that we are upfront about what what we've offered and why we've offered it and um we'll continue to do that over over the coming months here well it's just clear from what the research that i've done that united bridge partners is not new to this whole conversation about potential and actual community pushback so when we come back we're going to continue our conversation with ryan Dolan. he's the vp of business development for for the company that is uh, proposing building a toll bridge for the city of Biloxi, and we'll continue the conversation on the other side. We'll see you after this. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. 
talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're going to continue the conversation related to a new Popster Road Bridge that is currently not proposed to be a toll road. It's, it's just a, an incredibly important community discussion that's taking place that the mayor and city council have opened up a conversation around. And I think that what they're saying is, if we want to bridge in our lifetime, <laughs> we, this is a really, really viable approach. And uh, so, and my research suggests that uh, that's not an untrue statement because the reality, even with the infrastructure bill, there are going to be unbelievable unbelievable competitive situation that's going to play out over years and years and years. So anyway, we have to decide what we want to do as it relates to all that. So, hey, Ryan, before we go any further, uh, how long have you been with United Bridge Partners? So I've been with uh, UBP for about uh, coming on three years next May. Uh, So a little over two and a half years. Um, Been involved on a number of uh, project development initiatives uh, over those almost three years and uh, specifically have been working on this project in Biloxi for about a year and a half now. Yeah. So you live in Virginia? No. So I live in, in Denver, Colorado. Oh, do you? Yeah. 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 And then we, we have we have offices and projects uh, in five states in uh, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan and West Virginia. Okay. Okay. And, uh, okay. So let's, I had a bunch of questions and we can, we've got 11 minutes and 30 seconds, so we can spend a little bit of time kind of focusing on some of these, but when you, when you look at a bridge like the Potsdam Road Bridge and when you go into a community, do you have, do you have classes of bridge that, that say, um, this bridge leans more commercial. Is there a continuum about that? This this bridge leans more residential. How do you, when you look at, and, and do you look at the Pops Road Bridge as sort of a residential bridge? Yeah, so uh, when we when we look at new projects um, at, a, at a very basic level, we look for uh, projects where there's a need to replace or repair a bridge and potentially, you know, a lack of funding or expertise um, to do so. And so that's kind of what brings us to an area in the first place. Uh, Related to kind of the dynamics of of each project, yes, we understand that that this is uh, a heavily residential bridge. uh, And that's honestly one of the main challenges with with the project, right? Um, Given that this is a, you know, a toll proposal, um, obviously it's going to have an impact on the residents of Biloxi, uh, you know, particularly those that, that live in the proximity to the bridge. Um, I, would, I would just say that's why it was really our number one priority as we put our proposal together to show preference to Biloxi residents and try and offer, you know, a, a subsidized a toll rate for a per trip uh, toll, as well as a, a monthly unlimited use pass for, you know, particularly those residents that are going to use the bridge multiple times a day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, some, I was talking to someone this morning who we get, we got into a conversation about this and they said, sure, it'd be good if that super Walmart or the Walmart were still down there because right now what's there is a, um, a temporary storage facility or whatever. So a lot of the people who are using it, using the bridge currently are using it just to kind of get around town. 
a lot of people who use that bridge, as you well know, are, are driving across the bridge and going into Keesler or going to work in you know, various places or getting access to Highway 90 and then going to work. That's why at the end of the day, you see this mad dash rush to get back over the bridge to come back to the northern shore. So it's clearly, you know, I think, I think the current average is about 40,000 cars a day. Is that what you guys are looking at? About 20,000 cars a day. 20,000. Okay, yeah. 20,000 cars. And it can, can be as high as what? Uh, during peak travel times, I, I don't have the numbers offhand, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I would assume it can be, you know, higher, lower, depending yeah. on the time of day or the time so, of year. So as I mentioned to you before we started the show, one of the things that you know, people here can kind of get their head around something like Orange Beach. When you go to Orange Beach, you, you go down that highway that gives you access to the bridge. You get a toll that, that comes back to your house that's based on your tag. And then when you go to the toll booth, you, you pay for the toll for the bridge. And people sort of get that. And then when we go, when people from here go to Disney World or wherever they're going to go in Miami, or excuse me, in Florida, they, they'll, they'll go through toll roads along the way as well. They kind of get that. What, what I think they're struggling with is a toll bridge in the heart of the city, a toll bridge that's heavily residential. Have you guys been involved in a bridge scenario like this one before? Yeah, so so actually our, our project in Bay City, Michigan shares a lot of similarities to the project here in Biloxi. Um, that project went through a similar process where the, the city owned two bascule style bridges or drawbridges. Um, you know, they really didn't have the uh, financial capability to repair and, and replace those bridges. And so we came in and, and offered, you know, as, as you described it, a turnkey funding and delivery solution to, to deliver those projects for that community. Both of those bridges are, um, you know, heavily resident traveled bridges. Um, they also have alternatives similar to what we have here in, in, uh, in Biloxi. Um, but yes, we, we, have, we have, you know, experience with a, a resident heavy bridge like we have here in Biloxi. Okay, so from the time you did the first big city council meeting and did your presentation sort of like last week, to the time you started, how much time passed in Michigan? Oh, um, yeah, so, so uh, Bay City went through a similar uh, request for proposal process where um, they understood the need for the project they put out a competitive solicitation similar to what the city of Biloxi did. And then our project was formally, um, formally selected by the city and we gave a presentation in August of 2019. Um, then we spent the next several months uh, both discussing the development agreement and working in the community to you know, more or less sell the project similar to what we're doing here in Biloxi. And so it was, it was about a, a four month process between when we made our uh, presentation to city council and when it was formally approved by, by city council. That was quick. Yeah, so uh, call it August to December was the timeline for you know, city council presentation to city council approval. So what was the, okay, let me, the other thing is, I don't know anything about Bay City, Michigan. So what are the demographics there relative to the demographics in Biloxi? So similar size, uh, a little bit smaller than, than what we have here in Biloxi, about a population of about 30,000. Um, in terms of demographics, 
uh, similar, maybe a little bit more low income individuals. Um, but in terms of, of size, demographics, similar. Obviously, the weather is different. So that's in, you know, Midwest cold territory, whereas we're in a Gulf Coast environment down here. Um, and then in terms of kind of geography, we've we've committed to rebuild one bascule bridge, repair another, and that city has four total bridges kind of in the proximity. So um, there's going to be two told structures and then uh, two free remaining structures. So I would say that that's also a similarity to what we have here in Biloxi, where if this project moves forward, uh, the, the Pops Ferry Bridge would be told, and then Lorraine Road and um, I-110 would remain open as, as free routes, obviously. So when you when you look at the opposition that occurred during those four months, did you kind of, you know, scale of one to 10, what did it look like? In terms of uh, intent, intensity? Yes. So, uh, you know, I would say people at first are kind of shocked that, hey, you know, why do we have to consider an option like this? Why are we moving forward? Um, and then, like I said, we go through an education process, um, you know, talk about, okay, what are, the, what are the different options for delivering this type of project? What is the likelihood that those other options are going to happen? And then there's, there's really kind of an acceptance period, right? And so it, it went from, you know, uh, I would say anger and uh, kind of uncertainty about the project to acceptance over, over that time period. Um, and really that, that's why this education um, period and, and doing town halls, talking to people in the community, coming on shows like this are, are really important to get people to understand, you know, why do we have to go forward with this project? So Ryan, one of the things that um, I think it's going to create a little confusion and maybe hope, I don't know that I could say falsehood because there's always a chance that the current infrastructure bill could, money in the current infrastructure bill could be applied down here. And sure. people might be saying, why rush into a total scenario until we really know the answer on how the infrastructure bill could apply to Biloxi? How do you answer that? Yeah, so, and I, I understand that, that um, there's new money coming into the environment and, and everyone wants wants to get a piece of that. Um, the reality of the situation is that um, there, there's still, even with the new infrastructure bill, there still isn't enough money out there and funding out there to, to fund all of the needs in, the, in this country. So yeah. um, just to give you kind of a, a sense of existing programs, there's raise and in for grants. Uh, those have about a, a five to call it 10% award rate. And um, so it's, it's still extremely unlikely and it takes time to, to secure those federal funds. So Ryan, well, let's do this. As I pointed out, this is the first of many conversations. I think this is, a, this is kind of a good first conversation, you know, to kind of set the stage for people who have not been paying close attention. They can see sort of what some of the big issues are going to be around this. And uh, we'll come back in the next couple of weeks and we'll sort of weigh where we are on that. I'll spend some time with Fofo Gillich. And, um, and if there's any opposition that comes up this organized, we'll give them an opportunity to, to join me on COSI as well. But for now, I think we're in a good spot. I wish we had the whole show dedicated. We unfortunately don't, but it'd be, uh, I look forward to visiting with you soon. Okay, buddy? Okay, sounds good. Thanks again for having me on. This has been uh, Ryan Dolan from, um, from United Bridge Partners, and we'll, uh, we'll 
we'll come back to him in the next couple of weeks and just continue the conversation. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.